The Glowing Older Podcast is brought to you by Perkins Eastman, a global architecture, planning, interiors, and design firm. Perkins Eastman's team of more than 1,100 professionals across 21 offices are united in the vision that architecture should have a direct and positive impact on people's lives. To learn more, visit PerkinsEastman.com. Hello and welcome to the Glowing Older Podcast, where we interview experts on innovation in senior living and the business of aging well. I'm your host, Nancy Griffin, and I'm so pleased to be here today with Karen Atkin, founder of The Jaron Technologist and author of the recently released book, The Age Tech Revolution. Welcome to the program, Karen. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you and congratulations on the new book. I can't wait to dig into it. Before we do that, tell us a little bit about your background and how you um, came up with the idea to write the book. Sure. So I'm actually a gerontologist by training, and I started my career in the nonprofit sector in community services for older adults. And then um, I transitioned into, into tech and I got to work at a startup building social robots for older adults. And I realized that we were actually part of this amazing ecosystem. And there were uh, a couple of dozen startups around us just here in, in Israel working on amazing technology to serve the needs and wants of the older population. Um, and when I looked at, at the, from a global perspective, there were hundreds of these startups. At that time, I got curious. And I started that I'm going to create a sort of a snapshot of the market, um, which sort of gave birth to the, the first HTEC market map. And because it got so much traction, it sort of came, became an annual tradition. And the Geron Technologies sort of almost took on a life of its own. Uh, so I kept on writing about uh, HTEC and all types of technology for older adults, not just startups, also big tech companies, accelerators, investors, anything HTEC related has its place on the Geron Technologist. And out of it became, it became very obvious that um, this ecosystem deserved a book, right? It did not receive enough recognition, and still does not receive enough recognition in mainstream media, in my opinion, even though it is so important and the people working uh, in it are doing wonderful work and really making a difference in people's lives. Um, so that's why I decided to, to write the Tech Revolution, to just use my voice and um, my sort of knowledge and about this ecosystem that I've gained throughout the years and just uh, spread the word even further. Well, one of the things that strikes me um, when reading the book, which is great and highly recommend for anyone listening to this podcast, is that it's not just a subsection of technology that you're talking about. It's, it's much, much bigger issues that come into play. So set the stage for us. Why is age tech so important? And, and bef- back up a little, what is it? So... Well, you, that's a very good question. Let's start by defining what HTEC even is. So HTEC is any digital technology that is built around the needs and wants of the older population and and those who care for them. So family caregivers, elder care providers, uh, all of these different stakeholders are served in HTEC products and services. And why we need it? Well, if you look at the demographic trend, the world's population 
is aging at a rapid pace. We've got countries today that have almost 30% of the population over the age of 65. And the whole world is going towards that, right? The aging population is growing faster than any other age group. And with that, we've never had so many, we've never had so many people grow old and reach the age of 80, 90, even 100. And those people uh, have a, a new set of, of, of needs, right? If you look at 50 years ago, people who retired at 65, they, they didn't expect to live 20 more years, right? Uh, and now, since people have so much life ahead of them in their late 60s, early 70s, there's so much to be done to, to serve them and to uh, tackle the challenges of aging with technology. And it's pretty much, if you look at it from a business perspective, it's pretty much a blue ocean. There's so much to be done. That is so true. I was just talking to Len Fishman, who was talking about that in an 100-year span, um, we're living twice as long than we than was ever thought possible. So of course it's a blue ocean, right? Because it's it's kind of a new, a relatively new thing. Um, so in, in the book, what are some of the myths that you debunk about older adults and how they use technology? Well, the first myth that I really enjoy debunking is that older adults don't like technology, which is absolutely not true. I mean, you don't you can look at the research coming out of the AARP, the Pew Research Center, about the trends in tech adoption by older adults and see that it's it's growing and increasing very rapidly in recent years. But you can also sort of look to your left, look to your right, to your uh, older parents or grandparents, and you will see that they are using smartphones, they are using computers. Yes, it's true that they're not digital natives. They didn't grow up with technology. Uh, but they're adopting technology in growing rates. And it's not just computers and smartphones. It's smart TVs, smart speakers, uh, wearables, even, even VR headsets in some, in some cases. So that is the first myth uh, that I think is worth debunking. Um, and, uh, and the second myth is that some, some, I don't know why there's this misperception <laughs> that developing products and services for millennials is is uh, is the right thing to do, uh, but when you look at sort of, uh, of, of at the numbers of the longevity economy, you realize that actually older adults hold a tremendous amount of wealth. Right, baby boomers are far wealthier than millennials or Gen Zs. So if you look at it purely from a business perspective, that if you look at the longevity economy, that's estimated to be like fifteen trillion dollars on on a global scale. And that is the market that everyone needs to be going after. Um, so those are, those are, I guess, the two major myths that are worth debunking. And obviously, there's been a lot of talk about COVID as being an incredible accelerator and catalyst for age tech innovation. So talk a little bit about that and how things changed since, you know, the March 2020 day when the world changed, if you will. So with the thing that COVID did, it sort of forced everyone to shelter in place, right? And for older adults, sheltering in place was uh, much more uh, strict and longer, right? And what this caused is it suddenly gave a boost to digital adoption and, and to adoption of technologies and devices by older adults, which was already, there was already a trend 
of older adults adopting technology in, in the recent decade. But COVID definitely gave that a boost. And if we look at tech spending by older adults in the United States, for example, according to the AARP, tech spending among older adults tripled during COVID. And over 70% of older adults bought a new tech item in 2020. This is simply mind-blowing. And what happened is that everyone who was sort of uh, didn't, didn't feel like they had to adopt technology in their day-to-day life because they were out of the house all the time and they, they were very um, social out of the house. So they didn't, they didn't feel like they were, um, they need to sit in front of the computer all day to entertain themselves. Suddenly when they were forced to stay in and the computer sort of became the window to their world as it, this is what happened to everyone, right? When the computer becomes the window to your world, you suddenly are forced to uh, to learn how to use everything that the computer and the internet has to offer, right? Because in some cases, your life might depend on it, right? So everyone learned how to use Zoom. Everyone had to get their vaccine appointments online. Uh, so they had to learn how to do that. And the this. What the thing that I say to it to people is that during the process of writing this book, I got to interview many older adults from all over the world about uh, about their day to day life and their use of technology, and I did those interviews on Zoom, right? And that that was possible in 2021, but that would probably not have been so easy um, in 2019, right? And and getting an 80 plus year old person on Zoom in 2021 is almost no-brainer, right? You just send them the Zoom link, Zoom link and they'll be there. And that wasn't the case two years ago. And this also wasn't the case for most of us, right? Who knew Who knew about Zoom in 2019? So um, this, I think, the, the one effect that COVID had. And the second is that suddenly society realized that having older adults um, connected and having older adults have the digital orientation it takes that is required to survive in this day and age isn't isn't just a luxury, right? It's not just for uh, the upper class people. It's a necessity, right? You have to have a computer. You have to have an internet connection in your home in order to to live in in this day and age, especially during the pandemic. So everyone suddenly uh, there was this rush to getting people the devices, getting people the um, the skills they need to use their devices. Suddenly, people realized that millions of older adults don't even have an internet connection in their homes, right? Because either because they can't afford it or because they live in, in rural areas where there's it's just not available. High-speed internet is just not available. And suddenly, this became a priority for families and for governments. And the, even the United States federal government decided they were gonna connect everyone because because internet is is basic infrastructure in the 21st century, and we simply cannot afford to have older adults left behind and and not connected anymore. That's so true, and we should add that senior living communities, some of them didn't have the broadband that was necessary, right? Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, even in senior living, internet throughout the facility was considered an amenity 
rather than infrastructure. And I, I think that now that is no longer the case. I don't believe that there is a, any any community who would who would say that they don't think they need internet. Everyone understands that this is a must these days. Residents demand it, families absolutely demand it. Um, and unfortunately, communities that did not have the right internet infrastructure and had to, and the residents had to shelter in place, they were really um, almost helpless because they could not see their family. There was no, there they there were no visitations. There was no internet. If they if they had a smartphone and a, and a data plane, they could FaceTime. Uh, but if they didn't, then they were they the communities had to sort of rush to get internet internet and and rush to get uh, tablets or or any types of devices. And what they what some of them ended up doing is uh, they ended up getting a tech concierge. Uh, on staff because the regular staff they didn't have the time to uh, go from room to room to teach people how to use their devices or to pass the tablet on from one person to another so they can have a video conversation with their family. So some of them hired um, people on staff to to sort of be the tech concierge and make all that happen. Well, talking about uh, staff and caregivers is a great segue into my next question because uh, we talked a lot about the use of technology with older adults and uh, communication, engagement, that sort of thing. But you also talk about um, in your book, The Caregiver, you're in Israel, I'm in the U.S., but the caregiver crisis is a big deal uh, no matter where we are in the world. So talk to us about technologies uh, that assist with the caregiver crisis. And where do I start? So first of all, there are technologies that are specifically built for caregivers, whether they are family caregivers or professional caregivers. So uh, if we look at professional caregivers, there is um, Care Academy, for example, that built this online training program for caregivers to learn how to do their job. Um, and in fact, anyone can use it. You don't have to work for an agency. Family caregivers can use it too. Uh, so there is there's that aspect. There are, of course, all these uh, care coordination apps and services. Um, and I know senior living communities have also uh, sort of tried hooking up or, or even got special uh, solutions to connect the families into what, what goes on in the community uh, through different platforms. And if you look at it from sort of from a broader angle, Basically, any technology that helps older adults um, be independent and live life to the fullest without requiring the help of a caregiver, that goes a long way towards helping caregivers, right? So if my, my grandmother, for example, is able to, to use her smartphone to, to book a ride or to call a service to get a ride, um, then she doesn't. She's not dependent on me to either drive her or or book a ride for her, right? And if she, if for example, she has um, a, a, a tablet that she she knows how to use and knows how to initiate video chat, then she doesn't um, need her caregiver's assistance to to call her grandchildren, right? She picks up the tablet and she does it herself, um, and looking into the future i believe that there is a lot of stuff that we can we can automate um 
And if, if we look at like all the manual labor caregivers are currently doing, it's not, it's not sustainable in the long run because we, we, we won't have enough caregivers in the, in the future. We, we, already, we, we already don't have enough caregivers right now. So having people uh, do the cooking, cleaning, uh, all of that is really, in my, in my point of view, something we can definitely, we can and should automate and leave it to, to people to do the things that are uniquely human, right? I would like my uh, grandparents' caregiver to, to spend time having a conversation with them, right? I would like to, when I go visit them, I would like to, to, to have a conversation with them and keep them company. I don't want to go on the ladder changing a light bulb, right? That's a waste of, that's a waste of my time, and it's a waste of, of precious time I have with my grandparents. So that is just, that's, that's my take on things. Um, what do you think, Nancy? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think it's all about um, freeing people up to have that human connection. It's never going to go away. But as the human connection gets thinner and thinner, uh, the population <laughs> of caregivers gets thinner and thinner, that, that the more time they can spend on things that matter, the better. So um, I completely agree with you. And, and regarding the future, I love, um, one of the things I love about your book is just this, it, it, the storytelling aspect, both from a personal perspective and stories of older adults and how they use technology. But chapter 10, especially uh, a, a possible future and the story of Ethel. I was wondering, uh, you don't have time to tell the whole story, but walk us through a little bit of what the tech enabled future looks like for older adults. So uh, when I wrote this story, by the way, for, for those of you who haven't yet read the book, this is the only chapter of the book that is uh, purely fiction, right? Uh, the book is nonfiction. This, this ch- particular chapter is a work of fiction. And I used it to sort of illustrate what a possible future could look like. So for uh, an 80-something plus year old uh, Ethel, the future could be that she wakes up in her home and her home anticipates her needs, right? So she, she uh, when the alarm clock uh, starts buzzing in the morning, the coffee maker is already making her her coffee, the, the shades are starting to open so she could sort of wake up um, slowly and she got, she has a sort of a, a butler in her home help setting her up with her yoga mat. If she likes to exercise, she got, she's got a holographic uh, yoga teacher who can uh, work with her remotely on her, her personal training goals and, and help her stay fit. And I don't want to, I don't want to give a spoiler. So I'm not gonna give out everything that's in this chapter, but it's just a, an illustration of what what it could be and what it could look like and how our homes can actually become an environment that enables us to live as independently as possible um, well into our later years and basically enable aging in place. Yeah. And one of the exciting things I think that we're going to see in the future is the, the move from a one-off purchase, a DIY one-off purchase to more integrated systems. Um, that um, integrate both smart home and wearables and um, data from a personal wellness perspective. So um, if you look around, I I know obviously your book launch must be the most exciting thing, but as you look around for your next move, what gets you most excited these days, Karen? 
And the things that get me most excited these days is meeting uh, and talking to all the wonderful entrepreneurs that are uh, part of this ecosystem and push innovation forward. Um, I, I get to meet so many people who, honestly, many of the founders in HDEC are, uh, have experience as family caregivers themselves. And they, they sort of come at this from a very personal point of view, where they experience some challenge with an older uh, loved one and they couldn't find a solution. So they decided they were going to solve it. Um, so that is the thing that, that gets me most excited. I think it's, it's, um, it's, this ecosystem is very unique in, in that, in that um, the people in it aren't just driven by, by money, right? They're not just looking to, to raise $100, billion, $100 million and get acquired by, for a million, billion dollars, right? They're actually looking to, to make a difference in people's lives and to actually create products and services that serve older adults. And so I'm, I'm super, super pumped about that. I can't wait to see where, where this ecosystem goes and where we are going to be, we're going to be in five or 10 years from now. Because I have no doubt in my mind that uh, we are and, and the people in this ecosystem are, are reshaping aging um, at this very moment and when i'm older it's gonna look completely different uh, than than getting older uh, looks like today for better or for worse right i mean we have some really big challenges ahead but the solutions that are coming um, for those challenges are really exciting Absolutely. Well, if if we survive the pandemic and we survive climate change, <laughs> I'm sure we'll be better off uh, in 30 years than we are today. Well, we can only hope. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Karen. Thank you so much for having me, Nancy. It's a pleasure speaking to you as always. You've been listening to the Glowing Older Podcast.